All right, what's going on, guys? So today I have my guy David Morin on the podcast. Welcome back. It's the Daru Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Daru. And again, talked about a lot of different things with Dave. Now, Dave has been in the fitness industry for a very long time. He's had some tremendous downfalls and increases. He's been through a lot. We go through his entire situation from a divorce, battling back from a coma, and also getting into the fitness world as a, as a whole and what he's accomplished. But before we go into that, I have to make sure that I shout out the sponsors, Athletic CBD, athleticcbd.com. Go check them out now. You can use my discount code DERU at your final checkout to get a discount for your CBD. Also, VivoBarefoot.com. Go on there, check it out. If you wanna rock some of the shoes that you see me rock inside of my YouTube videos, those are the shoes that I wear. It's a minimalistic shoe that will help you maintain full foot functionality and overall athleticism. Also, very stylish in my opinion. So check them out. You can also use my discount code, DeRueStrong20. You can use for 10% at your final checkout. So without further ado, let's get on to the podcast. Talk to me about like how you got started in the fitness industry and then talk about your injury and then how you battled back from that. But let's start from the from, from the beginning. Dave Warren, from the beginning, the fitness industry and what you've accomplished. Yeah, the, the, before the, the, the world was formed <laughs> in the fires of Mount Doom. No, uh, so I'm a product of a divorce, man. My, my training and my mindset and my grit obviously comes from my family. My father was military, he was a pilot, he was in Vietnam. Everyone in my family enlisted. I did contract work for the, for the army. Uh, my nephews in the army, everybody's in the army. Yeah. Or, or in the Marines, matter of fact, this is my, right here. This is from 1944, this is my grandfather's tag. Wow. He was the first Marine Corps b battalion to step foot in Tokyo after they dropped the bomb and surrendered. So it's kind of like, um, you know, I'm the last of the Morins in my family. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, Me too. <laughs> yeah, they, there you go. So it was one of those things where you're like, I already had two sons. You know, I was going through a divorce. It was one of those things where, you know, you, you just got to find an outlet for the grief and the pain and, yeah. and, and the frustration. And, the, and it's kind of like today, it's everyone's talking about, uh, you know, how it's not practical to be a man. Unless, of course, it's doing things that make you money or doing things that, you know, uh, make you really unpopular or very popular. It's like polarizing. The average everyday guy who goes to work and does his thing is kind of like silently get, puts his head down and goes to a corporate job. You know, that was me. Yeah. And there was nothing exceptional about me. I gave up skateboarding, all the things that I love to do physically for that nine to five. And when that was over, that was seven years invested in a, in, a, in a relationship and my sons and everything, dude, it was like manhood, gone. Yeah. So the fastest way I felt like I could get back my manhood was just just feeling it, yeah. feeling the heartbeat in the gym, feeling the sweat, you know, laying down the tears and just putting this foundation in of like, I will master my pain so I'll never feel pain from any other situation that I feel helpless or can't control ever again. Yeah. That's a big thing. I think that 
for me, man, I think that that's a major outlet. Like, if I don't do any training that, but each day, mm. I feel like uh, like I'm stir crazy. Like, I don't know, I haven't accomplished what I wanted to do that day, and I get almost like frustrated at life. Mm. You know what I mean, so I get it, man. So what? So what uh, caused you to go into, you know, what you're doing now as far as being a fitness model and everything else? Yeah. So that that journey initially kind of, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I've got faith in Jesus Christ. So at that particular moment when things were breaking down, you know, I was like, I gave this one my word and we were supposed to work it out and it didn't work out. I prayed to God because she left and took the kids to New Jersey. We were in Virginia at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, dude, I didn't want to come home to an empty house. I don't want to come home to, uh, you know, work 60 hours a week for, for where, where's my family? Yeah. That was all the justification to do all that and make that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So, I, I forgot about my corporate job. I was a finance manager at a car dealership, 23 years old, making 100 grand. Everybody, kids in private school, house, fresh house, girls got the car, whatever. And I was like, I just crashed, lost the house, was, was actually homeless at the time. I was homeless for two weeks, and the only way I could, you know, shit, shower, and shave, and get ready to find a job was at the gym. Mm. Bally's Total Fitness in Newport News, Virginia at the time. The corporate, the corporate of all corporate gyms, you know? (laughs) Busted equipment, (laughs) like everyone's on like, or they pre-cores and like crazy, like weird stuff, man, like 80s. Yeah, 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 very retro. Um, But, so there I was, man, for two weeks sleeping in my car, and I would wake up and I would just get a tremendous sense of satisfaction knowing that, man, yeah, you're back at square one, but you know what, it's like, this is a foundation that no one's gonna take from me. And I had several kind of weird encounters with people, like older people that saw my circumstances mm-hmm. and they they, lay, they they pull me aside and go, you know what, man, you, you don't know yet, but this is the best thing that could have ever happened to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm in the locker room, like with my towel over my head, you know, like tears, you know, like I lost my wife, yeah. you know, feeling like down, you know, you break and stuff. Yeah. And uh, that situation, obviously I prayed one night, I was in one of those dark places and I was walking home alone and I said, just God, just give me the means to take care of my, my kids and be close to them without having to like give the best years of my life to some company that I don't really, I don't want to be a part of. Yeah. So how do I achieve that? So I was like, well, you just kind of rebuilt your life and your psyche and your inner strength and confidence to going to the gym. Mm-hmm. So why don't you get, start giving that gift to other people? Mm-hmm. So then that began my, my, you know, my apprenticeship as far as being a trainer. Mm-hmm. And then that trainer led to, you know, I... <laughs> My boy at the car dealership, when I got my new job, he's like, he's like, Dave, man, the best way to get over the X is get on to the next. So this is right when, you know, the personals ads started coming out. You remember Yahoo personals and like match.com and all that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my boy was like, uh, dude, don't even worry. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to get involved with another girl. That's the last thing I need right now. Yeah. You know, I'm on the straight and narrow path. You're like 23, 24 years old? Uh, 27. Oh. I wasn't so a spring jigging, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I was like, dude, I don't have the time. Like, I, I'm eating six meals out of Tupperwares, you know. I got my budget and everything. Like, I'm do 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 do. And uh, a girl, no way. So anyway, he said, No, nah, man, just I'll do everything for you. Just give me those pictures you got. So he took the pictures, he lifted, he put it all up and set it up. And yeah, I started getting all this attention a little bit because, you know, I changed. Yeah. I was no longer that feel sorry for myself guy. I was more of a confident guy. But you know what's funny? I wasn't even using it. You know. Yeah. Um, Deep down, it was still yeah still that guy. yeah emotionally like I was still that. yeah busted. But uh, so I get this email from this uh, from Yahoo actually, and who I was who were the first 
profile I set up, Yahoo contacted me and said, hey, you know, we like your, your look and we like your story. Mm. You know, you're 27 years old, you're going through this divorce, you lost everything and you're looking for a new start. Yeah. So they saw, they were like, oh, well, let's cherry pick this young man. He doesn't have an agent, right? <laughs> so they got me. They sent me out there. I did the whole campaign. And from that campaign, I was banner ads on Yahoo's homepage. And then from that, crazy story, I got contacted in my personal's inbox by this guy who was like, hey, I like your look. And I was like, I'm about to delete it, you know? And I was like... And then I saw it said like uh, J&M Agency. Mm -hmm. So you could kind of see the A-G-E and I was like, yeah. I don't know, but I clicked on it. Yeah. And he was legit, man. Uh, uh, Mike Lyons was the guy's name. Mm -hmm. So Mike Lyons worked with all of the, the top fitness guys who did either fitness training and structural fitness stuff in men's health or they did videos and you know muscle fitness stuff. They were all, all those trainers. So. This guy contacted me and said, hey, I'd like to fly you out to New York and discuss your career. And when I landed, I got picked up. I went there. I discussed business with him. And he offered me a place to stay in Rahway, New Jersey, which happened to be, God is my witness, two miles away from where my sons lived. Wow. So it was a trip, man. Yeah, it was a trip. <laughs> dude. And I'm talking, right. you know, over, over, over four years of like, you know, figuring things out and like having to drive up to see them in Jersey yeah. and the courts busting my balls. Cause it, you know, when you go through this stuff and all you guys out there that are going through divorces, cause there's a whole lot of you and I'm trying to write a book about it. You, uh, you get your manhood taken from you. Um, you answer to the courts. You can no longer discuss things, you know, and communicate effectively with that spouse because you're, you're divide with force divorce. Mm -hmm. So you're allowing the state to dictate, the terms and conditions of the relationship, which you, go, you both consummated in good faith yourself. And now you got these other kids, you got these other children, these other lives involved that are being shaped all, and you're showing them that you don't know how to communicate. You're gonna let all these people take money from you and yeah. compromise their livelihood. So, you know, divorce is something that if you don't have training, if you don't have a lifeline, if you don't have some kind of discipline or somebody to like put you on the right path, you know, just, just get your head in the gym, find yourself a good coach or a trainer, yeah. somebody that can just, they're not gonna give you all the answers, yeah. but they're gonna help get you on that straight path so you can find yourself again. So that whole thing led to getting into fitness. I, you know, I had an agent, I, I got booked for jobs like Nike and for vitamin shops. There's a few vitamin shops actually in the area that have still a picture from you know, 2004. Yeah, holding a basketball. Yeah, like down the street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few of them. And the old planograms, they still have me around. I go in there and I always, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The IG pics. That's, that's right, right. I got to milk it up, man. Yeah, man. It was like 15, 20 years ago. Really, man. Oh, so, I'm, I'm, so, okay. Now you're in that stage. It's kind of came full circle. Like you're, now you're able to do what you love to do. You're training pretty much for a job, mm -hmm. right? What happens after that? Mm. Well, New York's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you got to be mentally tough to make it up there. Yeah. And so my day would consist of, you know, I live in Jersey. And the way the train operates, you know, it's within seconds. That's one thing I love about New York is that you can set your day on a watch before there were smartphones. This is before there were smartphones. You set your day on a watch. If you got a little planner, I mean, there's so many places that you can touch through that transit system, yeah. and it's and it's so precise. You could be here one day, you have a casting, you know, ten miles over here, you're there. So you got to pack all your stuff, 
Gotcha. You got to bring your nutrition. You got to pack a, a suit. You got to pack, you know, gym clothes. You got to pack your How shoes. Used to I just have a big old duffel bag. Yeah, I just, yeah. you know, like a big old army registered duffel bag. The big, uh, gotcha. you know, or, uh, green ones. Yeah, rucksack. Type. Yeah, rucksack, mm -hmm. and just roll through the city. But dude, going through winters, beating the street in New York. Um, I remember it hit me one night. I was walking through Times Square at like two in the morning on a winter's night. It had to have been like 10 below. It was so cold. And I just got done uh, doing a, a party for Donna Karen. Cause I had it, my agent would say, yeah, you know, like the guys will do bartender gigs for celebrities. You get paid a lot of money and rent is high in New York. Yeah. So a lot of guys compromise themselves up there. Oh, really? A lot of guys. Sure. Yeah. So they could have had great careers, but you know, character, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I remember this one particular night, I, I was actually a bartender for Donna Karen's uh, surprise birthday party for Terry Hatcher, Anderson Cooper, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, Matthew Broderick, mm -hmm. old, old New York Hollywood, you know, yeah, like yeah. Barbara Walters is there. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's fuck, <laughs> it was weird, bro. Yeah. It was weird. It was like <laughs> surreal. Yeah. It was surreal. walking into what? It was, it was crazy. It was like the Muppets, you know? <laughs> it was. So I'm serving, you know, up drinks and everything. And, you know, of course, there's like weirdos there. And you're just like, I just want to get out of here, you know? Yeah. Because everyone, you see, you see once people, you know, are in a private space around their, their community, that they start letting themselves go a little bit and showing you what their intentions are and who they really are. And it's like, man, this is no place for me, dude. I know the money's good, but I, I, I need to stay on my path. So... I remember I got a bunch of, of Kobe beef and a bunch of wine because uh -huh. there, there was a bum downstairs who had the worst leg I've ever seen in, in my life. Really? Like he had an infection and bacteria, just flesh-eating bacteria or something. That was, that was when there was like, that was the old New York. Yes. Like now it's kind of like a bunch of hipsters. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Different type of New York. Right, right, they're feeding the rats and the rats look like, you know, <laughs> like opossums, you know. Yeah, it's like, sure. but... So I remember I came down the elevator and I saw this guy and I just gave him all this food and I was walking home and it hit me that night like like I spent two years in this city. I've proven to myself that you know if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those things where it's cold and lonely. And when you go home to a place that you're, you know, splitting rent with four other guys and all they want to do is do blow and do steroids and stay up all night and you got no peace, I was like, man, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, so I was an older man, you know, with kids. Yeah. So I went back down to Virginia and maintained relationship with my agent. But <laughs> in Virginia, man, it was like I had my, my whole life under the bootstrap of Virginia law and enforcing child support. And then my ex, she didn't have any, uh, she didn't have to adhere to any enforcement because she's no longer resident. Mm -hmm. So whatever you guys know, you guys, when you sign an agreement somewhere in, in a state that has jurisdiction over both of you and one of those parties moves, that state no longer has jurisdiction over that person that's moved. So let's say, yeah, you can hash out whatever agreement you want, like visitation every week and then boom. Like they could say, give you the finger, but you still owe me that cash. So, yeah, so everything's set up against you guys, everything, um, except that you're a man. You're born with physical attributes and you have a mind to outmaneuver all this bull crap that life's gonna throw at you. So that was my mindset. 
found another girl. She's a Brazilian. She lived down in Jupiter. So I moved down here. I was like, boom, let's go. If we're going to go, we're going to go for the Brazilians, baby. <laughs> we're going to do jiu-jitsu. Yeah. We're going to have acai bowls. We're going to have bunda grande. Where is she from in, in, in Brazil? So she was from Recife. So it was like northern beach town. So it's okay. north of um, north of Rio. Okay, so that would probably be is that like by Brazil? I don't know. I, I, I'd have to look at a I map. Yeah. Wrong. Don't 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 call me on that. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but I I do know that Brazilian women. It's, it, well, it's one. It's tough to please, but they are going to take care of you. That's yep. for sure. Any any Spanish woman like sure. that, as long as you don't make them mad. Trust me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. but, yeah, but it sounds like, you know, everything's going your way right now. Well, that transition led to, you know, the other understanding, like you just said. You got to do your job as a man almost to be impeccable, yeah. you know. You got to be impeccable. Any little mistake, like let's say you, you, you establish your word and you both agree on the rules and then one second you're not following the rules, oh, you're done. You're done. So you gotta kind of walk that line, at least in my life, because I ended up having another set of kids, two 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 daughters, which they live down here and everything's fine. Awesome. But that led me to this journey to come to Florida, which in turn led me to another amazing opportunity with fitness. So, I uh, my late friend, uh, his name is Greg Plett. He was an Army Ranger. He was hit by a train. He was a super motivational guy. You can look at his videos on YouTube. This, he was the first guy to take the subscription-based platform from YouTube and, and take everyone from your YouTube page and bring them to a personal site. You subscribe for 10 bucks a month and you get everything. You get, well, I wouldn't say everything, but you get everything a young man needs to, to be self-reliant, to build confidence, to build strength, and to build the discipline to, to have a prosperous future. So, uh, I had known, known Greg since 2004. We worked together on men's health, but I, since I moved to Florida, hadn't seen him in probably five, six years. And his career, he was making legit a million dollars a year. Greg was one of the like pioneers of like YouTube fitness. And I would say that what happened to him was was tragic for sure. Yeah. Um, but he, he, I guess he lived and died by the sword in a sense. You know? He certainly did. Yeah. They have the. They say that. There's this, it's a COMT gene, or COM, I forget the name of the gene, but there's a specific gene that, that guys who are never satisfied and are always seeking excellence, it's kind of like, put it in, in anthropological terms, in, in, in terms of human evolution. And you have hunter-gatherers, you know, in the Pleistocene era. You, know, you had spears, bifacial spear tip points, and, you know, we were... Uh, pack hunters and just over the ridge just over the ridge just over the ridge mm. you know this thing of there's opportunity just out there just out there so you're never satisfied so they're able to clear dopamine mm -hmm. and it's a specific type of you know alpha um, type a assertive guys that are always willing to just get after something and get after something yeah i think they did a study with issn on that with fighters and then there was a predominance of like male fighters mm. with that particular gene yeah which makes a whole lot of sense obviously you have to be super dopamine driven in order for you to get in a cage and fight somebody um but that makes sense if, if 
if anybody was like that, I think Greg was like that. And I believe that anybody in this industry that is looking to better themselves, not just from a fitness standpoint, but just as a business standpoint to be successful, you probably got to have a little bit of that in you, mm -hmm. you know? So that's, that's interesting though. But what, what else did you find that was like more catered towards that particular individual? Was it, you know, more so that they, their upbringing or was it, you think it was a genetic predisposition? It's definitely, I think genetics. And then of course, you know, you, you as parents, you try to identify at least, it's my opinion that when you have a child, you're going to determine real quick if they're, if they're an academic, if they're introverted, if they like to read, if they're more active, you know. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think my job as a parent is just to identify my, my child's affinities at an early age and then try to find, you know, some contemporary outlets that, you know, you could call it education, you could call it something in school, you could call it subject matter, science, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But try to, you know, kind of guide them towards those paths as efficiently as possible. I think with Greg, he had a very good support unit, you know. Um, his sister is a captain. Uh, her, her husband was a Navy SEAL. Um, it was strange. His parents were never in the military, but he was a uh, Division One All-American NCAA wrestlers. He was, uh, he was a captain at West Point. He was the top of his class, 150 soldiers that he took care of. He was a A&D certified uh, skydive instructor. Yeah. So he had done over three. Everything. Yeah, Everything. yeah. Bro, was yeah. Like, uh, He's a stud. Level, He's a stud. Yeah, it didn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, you do everything. It's like, what can't you do, bro? Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, he, he, it's strange, you know, him and I did, uh, 30 days before he passed, him and I did, uh, an ayahuasca session, an ayahuasca ceremony. And uh, strange, man, there was something about Greg and I's relationship that it just seemed as though um, something happened on his tour of duty, maybe. Yeah. He had something that was eating at his soul. Mm -hmm. Something that, you know, there's, there's certain things a man does in his life that you can't undo. And I think when you're kind of, you're called to a duty, and that duty is you do all of these things under no condition. Will you, will you not do these things? Because it's, it's your oath, you swear. You find yourself in some very bad positions. And I think he was, was one of those guys. So he was searching for something that you know, he really couldn't identify at the time? And I think he was just trying to make it all right. Yeah. And, and running away from, for sure. from that and trying to fix it in some, some point in the future to undo the past. But um, God rest his soul, dude. He was, a, he was a, the only thing that was bigger than Greg's uh, need to exert his control, his will, and his competitive spirit on, any, on his adversaries was his heart, man. He would just, he'd give his shirt off your back. I mean, he, you know, I sat at his house for two weeks. The guy just, he just, he'll love you, man. When you're, when you're close to him, he's one of those guys that, you know how the military is, you know. You're, you're not just your friends, man. You're brothers. Yeah. yeah. Fucking brothers, man. Yeah. In the military in general, I think you have to develop a culture. And when you're a part of a team and you're a part of an atmosphere, it's like what we try to do here with the gym. And whatever, what any business is trying to do is trying to develop a positive culture and a mindset and have values and virtue and what they're trying to accomplish, you know, what they set out to do. It's the same thing that goes for any team. If you don't have that cohesiveness within a team, then you're going to crumble one by one, you know, so. Are you able to identify, let's say, certain characters that walk in that you can determine off the bat 
that may need a little more kind of uh, discipline or instruction, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like you always have to have like three levels of individuals that are with you, ones that are above you, ones that are, that are with you, and then ones that are below you. And then from there, you can kind of categorize, compartmentalize, and figure out what they need at that particular time to help them progress further along to help the entire situation. Mm. So yeah, I can look at an individual and, and and again, going through different steps and testing procedures to actually see where they need help in. Mm. And then from there, not micromanage, but give them the opportunity, give them the tools to succeed based mm. off of you know what their strengths and weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. And I think the major thing for me as a leader is to find out what their strengths and weaknesses are and then make them go after those weaknesses so that they can bring all them up. Mm. And then that can create a solid level of confidence that will take care of itself throughout the entire you know, camp and everything else. So we're only, only as strong as our weakest link. In right. Sense, right. So we got to bring those people up. And when you find that, it's like, all right, cool. Now we have an obstacle to overcome. And again, that's, that's life, right? Mm -hmm. We always have obstacles that we're going to meet head on. And if you don't head on, if you're, you want to fall back, you want to run away from them, then you're, you're probably not going to be successful, like right. 100%, right? So I look forward to those situations. I look forward to those obstacles because I know that that gives me a chance to get better mm. and to improve and to learn. And I guess if you are trying to go through life with the easiest way possible, you're never going to reach your true potential. Mm. It seems to be something that's becoming ever more popular is you know, blame circumstances, you know, for your current situation mm -hmm. and kind of uh, undermine your, your own personal sovereignty, your own free will and the power of your choices because, you know, it's this whole thing going on in the country where, you know, like, your resolve and determination will never overcome your circumstances. And I'm like, look at every great name you ever remembered that is in your head. They thought exactly opposite of that. So one of the things I was always curious about is, is the, um, this kind of paradox between, let's say, the John Jones phenomenon, right? Like when he was super wild and unpredictable, his character outside, he was super wild and unpredictable inside, which made him successful. So you find these characters, it's kind of like, well, obviously the person that you want in like in a coaching setting to identify, you know, all of these things and to care for people isn't necessarily the guy that, that, that's going to win all the fights. Yeah. And there's a certain element of that wild nature that's kind of, it's a, it's a fine balance, right? I would, just, I, would, I would guess from a coaching perspective, and, and I can only think of a few examples. I mean, GSP, shoot, uh, Dustin. Dustin's a great example of like having that fine-tuned skill set and aggression, but over time like knowing what it means to kind of not lose that fire and lose that kind of wildness. But at the same time, man, he's a great dude. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, such a good example. Sure. I think, you know? I think it's the ability to pull back at times when you need to and understand where your place is when, when it's, when it's time to turn it up, it's time to turn it up, you know? And, mm. and those are the guys that are at the elite level that can still, uh, you know, progress in life, you know, right. not just in the cage, right. you know, after the fact of all your career is done, when your career is done, you're able to do more because now you set yourself up for future success mm. after the fight's over, you know, and 
you know, a guy like John, I mean, again, live by the by the sword, die by the sword type guy. Um, you know, he's got to find his way in life, not just you know through those cage doors. Mm. You know, and that's the problem that I feel with a lot of guys that go a hundred percent, hundred and twenty percent. Is they have to, and I hate to say the word balance because there there really isn't any balance truly if you're trying to be the greatest of all time. Right. You know, um, it's like even with your body, there's going to be asymmetries and you can never be symmetrical. It's just not going to happen, you know? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I've been working on that for 20 years yeah, and know, you're saying I it's know. not possible. It's not possible. <laughs> Damn it. It's 100% not possible, but you can get close, right? right? And, and again, you, you may not be perfect, but you can be damn sure close. Mm. You, know, you can work towards it. Right. And so I think for, for him and for anybody that's like, uh, you know, that type of person, mm. they have to take a step back and, and recollect on what they're doing that's not really appropriate for the time that they are in society, sure. you know. Um, and then it's also about, like, detaching yourself from the moment, in a sense. And I think that you can get a lay of the land if you can just kind of take a step back and look at everything. And I know the true... You know, the generals that were the most successful, they were able to take a step back and actually look at what's going on around them as opposed to being dead in it. You know, and that's where like where businesses, you look at CEOs and they, you know, they, they're working in the business, they're micromanaging, but they're never really working on the business and taking a step back and allowing the people that work under them to handle the business properly. Mm -hmm. And then they can take care of the bigger things. So that, that everything goes together if you really look at it from that perspective. You know, mm. But it does take uh, a, a level of confidence uh, for your for the people that are working with you, and it also takes you to be humble enough to take a step back and let them handle what they need to handle too. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's something that a lot of I guess you could say um, when children at a young age are identified as having some talent, yeah. you know, and then. Uh, you know, you put them in school sports and they're really good to excel. And then everyone says, oh, you know, your boy's got a gift, yeah. you know. And then they've proven now through studies that it's actually the worst thing you can do to a kid is tell them they have a gift. Because mm -hmm. the one minute that they lose, yeah. they don't know how to rebuild from that mm -hmm. because the gift is gone. Yeah. And you see that. I think you see it in fighting. I think you see it in life. I, I think anytime someone feels like they have something that they're just kind of, I guess, entitled to. Yeah, they're given, they're given a gift. Mm -hmm. say. Yep. Yeah. And uh, there's so much psychological weight to that, too. That, uh, you know, yeah, I, you know, I have to maintain this to, to keep the gift, to keep the gift. And then when it's gone, it's like, and then you, know, you see guys go on what, two fight loss streaks or people that, like me who go through two divorces. And it's like, you know, what is it at that point that, you know, moves you forward? And it's because you've been here with nothing many times before. Mm -hmm. And you know that getting here with nothing again is going to serve this purpose of you understanding how to rehab yourself, like with your, your injury. Mm -hmm. How much wiser are you now? Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. And just the treatment perspective, and now the rehab, like you built an entire rehab no. protocol on that that's probably amazingly effective. Yeah, I think I think going through it like like you've done it too in the past, you know, it's like trial by fire, you know, and and that's where like I can really now um, relate over to my athletes or whoever is going through the same situation, you know, and now I'm a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser, you know, and um, and able to take what I've learned 
from true experience and put it into practice um, if there is an issue that comes up with an athlete that I have or anybody mm. you know, that, that comes to me for advice. I'm not saying I'm a know-it-all, but I will say that I can give you some tips and some pointers that help me along the way, and maybe it'll help you. Mm. Um, it's the same thing when, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me with the connection with my fighters is the fact that I actually put in the time in, in actually fighting at, at, at a level of a professional level. So I used to cut weight. I know how that feels. I know how it feels to, like, not have any money and get paid $200 for being a, even at a main event fight had to travel to a fight, $200 get paid, and then spend that money on coming back home. You right. know? And, uh, you know, just years of training and trying to get better day by day, you know, three day, three times a day. So I understand the struggle, hmm. per se. And they know that I understand the struggle. So that helps me connect with those individuals. So, again, going back to, you know, those experiences that you've gathered, it, it makes you wiser. It makes you a stronger individual in and out. Mm. You know, and you callous the mind is just like you callous the body when it goes through some certain stresses. So do you do you personally from a personal coaching perspective, do you do you like it when there's a, a critical moment in the fighter's career or anybody that you're training <clears throat> where there's a catastrophic injury or loss, whatever it is, yeah. and you you can see that deep down yeah. dark doubt of I've never been here before. It's getting late in the game. Um, but I think I got one more left in me. Yeah, I see it all the time. Yeah, and they, and they and they go as hard as they can, and sometimes they sometimes they strike and they and they ignite and they get a fire going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was similar like that with when when Dustin lost to Habib, and you know, we were the culmination of his career was coming to that particular moment, you know, and we were like, this is it. I thought he could get him. Uh, we all did. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I was like, you got him, bro. Like, this is He it. had him in a rear naked choke, right? He had him in a guillotine. In a guillotine, that's right. In a guillotine. If he would have locked up the other side, it would probably would have finished. Oh, he was tight, too. I saw it. Yeah. But I think, you know, again, it's for a reason it didn't yep. happen, you know. And, yeah, it was, a, it was a culmination of, like, man, I've been with him. I've trained him for four and a half years now. And we've had eight successful or seven successful fight camps, mm. you know, uh, one being the one that he lost with was best fighter in the world, obviously. Mm -hmm. and man, is looking at looking back at it, I think it was the best thing to happen to his career thus far. Mm -hmm. You know that, and then the the you know the situation with Conor the first fight, you know at one forty five when he had to go through all these other outside stresses and all mm -hmm. these other distractions because of the, the the ramifications of the fight and just the buildup of the fight, and now he fights him again and. He looks as him, looks at him as he's just another another individual staring back at him in the cage, mm -hmm. and so it was a lot easier at that particular time. He says it on on he said it on a couple of interviews. You know, it's like yeah, he just lost that that facade. Like he wasn't he wasn't like a big deal for me at that point. Right. Just another another fighter. Sure, and that that's when you know it's 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 where he, he's take a step in the right direction, and now he's getting his groove again. And, We'll see what happens. He's gonna probably, maybe I'm not for certain yet that he may fight him again, but we'll see. But there's a bunch of guys that are like they're at that that level right now where they're at the highest, the peak of their career, and then they take a they take a fall or they, you know, they they uh, they get injured or something like that, and uh, it's very hard to battle back because you're like, well, what's next? Right. You know. So it, again, you also have to be really 
relying upon the, the fact that you're not always going to fight. It's not going to be, it's not the end of your life. You know? Right. You always have to have the other side of things in the back of your mind. Not to say that you can't go full go on what you're trying to accomplish now, but there is life after fighting. And those are one thing, those are things that I always spend time with my guys and girls um, going over. Because like, at the end of it, I'm still going to train you. You know, right. it's not like, okay, you're done fighting and it's over. You know, I still got guys that I train now that aren't fighting anymore. You know, even in the NFL, I got guys that are playing in the NFL that it might be their last season, you know. And the goal for us is to find out, okay, what's next? What's the what's the end game here? Mm-hmm. You know, or now now let's transition. Let's make that pivot. Sure. And and I've made that pivot plenty of times. I played college football, had to pivot out of that. I was a pro- professional fighter, had to pivot out of that. Right. So I think it's like with you, the same thing. is like when, when you were in the hospital, laying in that bed and there was all these thoughts going through your head like what made you decide okay this is when i'm going to make that transition i'm going to do better now Mm. yeah that was uh uh, that was a culmination of like you said you 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 don't understand your limits until you break 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 them you know Mm -hmm. and uh in that particular case i found myself in kind of the perfect storm of um you're going to be forced to make a life change you know, and a lot of people get there. Um, fortunately for me, I dodged a big bullet. In 2015, I was uh, intubated into a coma. I was in a coma for five days. I had a pulmonary embolism. So if you guys, you listeners out there, you know, at the time I was, you know, um, running a company. I was traveling all around the world. I'd been to 40 different countries in three years. It was uh, super grueling. Um, I was a face of another brand, Domitize, used to have Brock Lesnar. I was a mm-hmm. face of their brand, um, just really on the top of what I felt as though future opportunities were going to culminate. Everything was secure finally in my life. Bad relationships, divorces, financial ruin many times over. Finally stabilized, finally feel like, you know, dude, I built the foundation of fitness. It's not going to go anywhere. And then, boom, end up in the hospital. Pulmonary embolism, in a coma for five days. Uh, on my birthday, October 9th, 2015, I actually extubated myself. So I, I was, I literally saw myself, this is like, now we're getting into Joe Rogan podcast, but <laughs> I, li- I literally saw myself above myself in the hospital, you know, with the respirator on. And I, f- I was like, whoa, what am I doing down there? <laughs> I just, I jumped back in my body and I actually extubated myself and uh, on my birthday, October 9th, 2015. And uh, during that whole process, it was very, very, strange, um, synchronist, mystical, whatever you want to call it. It's trippy, trippy shit was going on. Like, you know, my phone was turning on by itself. It was, you know, several times unlocking by itself, zooming in on pictures, just strange stuff. And it actually dialed a phone number of uh, a former client of mine who actually, unbeknownst to me at the time, was dating a cardiologist. Mm. So my phone, I hadn't talked to Barbara in three years. My phone dialed Barbara, right? And I hung up the phone. I told my, both my sister and my, uh, my sister's an oncology nurse and my girlfriend at the time, they were in the room. And I was like, Barbara. And I had just woken up from a coma. So um, already I'm not really thinking too straight, but yeah. Barbara, I hadn't talked to Barbara in three years. Call, kept calling her. Yeah. And it was by itself. And I was like, turn the phone off, it's malfunctioning. Well, anyway, I told my girlfriend, just call Barbara and see what's going on. So she calls Barbara and Barbara says, look, I'm 
dating a cardiologist. I thought you might need to know or get a second opinion. I heard you're in the hospital. Right after that phone call, the cardiologist walks in and goes, I got some news for you. He goes, uh, well, we did an EKG and we looked at some scans of your heart and you actually have a tumor in your heart. So we're going to need to do open heart surgery now. And I'm like, wait, what? I just woke up from a coma after five days and now you want to open me up and you kind of, I feel the energy, man. You can feel like... Part of it is like I respect the medical industry and I respect the schooling and the education. These guys are so bright, you know, but part of it is kind of like this incentive to like knock down your student debt through a guinea pig. Yeah. And like, I didn't want to be that guy because according to me, I had done everything right. Yeah. But as, as we all know, there's many great minds out there determining the fine line between, you know, hormesis and, and, and the benefits of stress response yeah. and, the, and the negative, the, the cascade, the quick cascade of detriment that can you can incur from not taking care of yourself and once one of those things fails it's if you don't have all these other things set up in place boom especially if you're kind of like a, a loner you know i'll do it myself kind of kind of person which i was at the time so i was laying in the hospital bed they were about to open up my heart phone calls barbara barbara finds out dating a cardiologist dating a cardiologist Guy gets on the phone. He's like, yeah, I heard you in the hospital. Yeah, they just told me I got a heart tumor. It's pretty ironic that we're calling you right now by itself, you know. And I can't explain that. You know, I don't know what that is. Angels, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he says, well, send over the EKG. I'll take a look at it. I'll give you a second opinion. So all these guys are in the room and they're all, you know, let's, oh, you're going to do the surgery? Let's do the surgery. And then someone comes in, you know, does a follow-up. And it's a different, it's the anesthesiologist. He's like, yeah, so we're going to talk to you about the surgery. We're going to set it up on Monday. What do you guys want to do? It's like five or six. You start to see the sales pitch. You know, you start feeling like you're in the car dealership now. You know, like, uh, I don't want the extended warranty. I just need, just give me my, this, I I, I want my title and I'll get the fuck out. You know? So after four or five, and you're you're thinking, dude, this is obvious. Mm -hmm. They're not concerned about my health. I just woke up out of a coma. Yeah. You know, they're not discussing options. They didn't roll in the EKG. They're just telling me face value, trying to get me to commit to a life-changing surgery just from mouth noises. Yeah. This guy's kicking mouth noises, and I'm, I'm, I'm halfway here, halfway somewhere else. Yeah. And they're thinking, okay, he's just coming out of a coma. Yeah, he's vulnerable, yeah. like wolves, you know? Yeah, sure. So thank God my sister was there because she's, like, she's a nurse. She knows the deal. Informed consent is what you want, my friends. If you ever find yourself in a situation like this, you tell them that I'm not cognitively prepared to, you know, you give me informed consent, but I can't consent to anything right now until I fully understand the circumstances of what's going on. So just defer that choice. Don't do anything until it becomes critical. Yeah. Then they'll do, they'll do what they need to do anyway because they swore the oath to do it. So, you know, through that whole situation, I went in the hospital. I was on, you know, sodium bicarbonate. They told me I was sepsis. The, my girlfriend that was with me, she was in tears. You know, she was praying to God she'd never done in her life. Actually converted her to a Christian, the whole thing. It was like trippy. Uh, you, my organ failure, um, they gave me 50-50 prognosis. They told me I was septic. Um, I had 12 holes in my body. I had a catheter. I had a heart monitor that was actually a long uh, electrode. It was probably six inches long piece of metal that they would stick under your pec and drive it right next to your heart so they could they could get reads on your heart. Yeah, everything, bro. Like, just beat, just beat up. And uh, I went out, I was like 225. I got out of the hospital after nine days. 
uh, I was like 182. And it was just like, I mean, just weak as a kitten, you know, like could barely breathe. Yeah. N- nurses are telling you they're already psyching you, dude. They're already, they're already laying down the, the mediocrity of what your life will be. They're already trying to break you psychologically, yeah. you know. Don't you come back. Everyone in there is come back. right. Yeah, everyone in there is doing their part to tell you that your life is over. Whatever you were doing, now you're, you're put out to pasture. Yeah. They want you to accept that. They, they cleared me the day, and I was like, "When am I going to be cleared to lift?" That's all I want to know. And they were like, "Lift." It was like you'll be lucky if you live lift like you know 50 pounds over your head. Then I was like, that's not happening. It's like, well, you have a tumor in your heart. You don't understand. I was like, well, you don't understand. <laughs> there is no life without feeling that resistance. And if that's taken away from me, you might as well just shoot me. Yeah. Pretty much. Because yeah. you just... So from there, man, it was all about the establishing that positive stress response and not even turning to the weights. I had to find you know, uh, the contrast therapy of hot and cold. I was using that a whole lot, yeah, yeah. you know? Explain, uh, explain a little bit about that. Well, I started, you know, I read the, uh, the PDF study that was, um, I think Dr. Rhonda Patrick really made it kind of, uh, you know, popular and uh, bringing it out. It was a 20-year landmark study, I believe, performed in uh, Scandinavia that took subjects between the ages of 40 and 60 that were like, moderately active every week and they found through this 20-year study they reduced all-cause mortality by um, 40 percent so I was just outside I think I was 40 at the time and so I was just coming into that age range and I said you know what the protocol is um, it's four days a week 20 minutes at a time 170 or hotter in the sauna uninterrupted you got to stay in there minimum 20 minutes 170 pretty hot that's hot. Yeah. It's hot, guys. Yeah. So. That <laughs> 170. 170. That's Fahrenheit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was surprised how a lot of guys, when I would give them this, they have a hard time with it, you know. Um, you know, you want to sit up high in, this, in the conventional saunas, too, so you can get as much heat as possible. Um, but, yeah, a lot of guys would get in and come out. You see that there's a lot of Russians I live with. I live in South Florida. They get in, they get out, they cold, they heat. I'm like, you guys got to close the door. Yeah. You know, you guys got to stay in here and get hot first before you go out there. In, in Russia, that, like I was in Chechnya. That yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was in Chechnya and like. That shit was scary, dude. That looks <laughs> scary, bro. I could see your face. You were like, like. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, well, for, well, I should say, fortunately for me, right. I was well taken Well protected, care. right. <laughs> I was right. well protected. Yes. Um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting event. And I didn't We know. have top coach, MMA coach. We're going to hold him for ransom. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make I millions thought, of dollars. We have top coach. He's the diamonds coach. We take him. We make many diamonds. <laughs> that's, that's how I felt. Definitely looking over my shoulder, though. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they had those saunas, those sauna rooms or like the, you know, the, the houses. And they had the the steam room, the sauna room, you know, and then they kind of just like stayed in there. Yeah. They'd be there for hours, yeah. like hours and hours. You'd get out and then they have like the bath and then, you know. Um, Are they drinking in there? Yeah. <laughs> I was like. I knew it. They had, drink vodka in there. Yeah, it was like a party. <laughs> right. And I was like, all right, well, this is it. This is it. Right. And so, yeah, they used to go in and out, in and out. And I, I was like, we're not really doing much. We're just kind of right. just hanging out. Yeah. But, I mean. Again, it's a, that's a culture. It's a cultural thing for them, yeah. 
Yeah, so getting into that um, and kind of rebuilding the endocrine system, I started after about two weeks of this sauna protocol, because according to the document, it says that you can raise um, endogenous uh, growth hormone production up to 1,300%. If you do five days, I think, I think it, the benefits drop off if you do more than five days, but I think if you do five days consecutive, so you do this like five days a week, maybe take two days off or you know whatever you want, but five days consecutive is crucial at 170, 20 minutes minimum. 1,300% increase in, in growth hormone. So I was very impressed by that. And I realized um, that this whole body awareness that I inherited coming out of that coma, because there was so many things that were kind of like, had to rebuild my, my breathing, there was uh, like this kind of trauma. Anytime I felt short of breath, it would cascade into a kind of a panic attack. So I had to revitalize my nervous, like re-correct my nervous system through all this stress and trauma. And I remember the sauna was amazing for that. So anybody who suffers from you know, panic or anxiety, um, it's all regulated by breathing. As soon as you get into the sauna and as soon as you start establishing like uh, deep, slow, controlled breaths, that stress environment that you're in with the heat is super valuable. Yeah. Mentally strong, connect with the physiology, mind over matter, but also like when you get up and let's say after the 20 minutes and you go out, like I knew my body was on the way to healing when I get that rush of norepinephrine, you know? Mm -hmm. I come out of there and I feel like, like euphoric, you know, like fucking hey man, I feel alive again. Like I just done a crazy, you know, PR lift. I was just on fire, you know, pumped up and feeling great. And that's when I knew like, oh, this is the shit. Like I don't want to live without a sauna, you know? Do you feel like 20 minutes is like the sweet spot? Because I feel like I do. anything higher than that, you're looking like, yeah, this is, this is I'm cutting weight now. You right. I mean? Yep. And are you drinking in there though? Are you, are you drinking water in there? I, I, I do, I, I do, uh, so I do a fulvic acid, um, which is like um, liquid light. So it's a plant-based, plant-derived uh, mineral blend that's very bioavailable. It used to be, you know, colloidal. And I'm sure there's a bunch of them out there. I know I, I listen to Ben Greenfield podcast and he just goes into the berserker science about it, you know. Yeah. But as long as you have some, some electrolytes and you have some minerals that you just sip on or maybe even some amino acids, I guess, mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to prevent atrophy, um, but that's also going to, you know, keep you well hydrated. Make sure you don't cramp. Um, a lot of times, people can get, you know, heart arrhythmias in there because your potassium levels drop. So you want those electrolytes, especially if you, you know, you just had a crazy workout, right? Yeah. You're already depleted. You go in there. You're trying to, yeah. to, to you, you're trying to use too many stresses at once. For sure. So, um, you know, if you got to cut weight, I imagine you know a lot more about this, but, you know, uh, if you got to cut weight, it's a great way to, you know, go train for 30 minutes, you know, go into the sauna for 20 minutes, come out and do some cardio, uh, you know, some steady state cardio after that, and you'll just drop fat like, you know. I can imagine. I mean, for, for the most part, like, we're going to get a sauna in here too as well. Conventional or infrared? infrared. Nice. Yeah, we're going to get infrared, and then it'll be like a three or four man sauna. So when the guys need to cut weight and stuff, plus I just want to have a sauna in general and probably get one in the house, you know, because it's essential. Like, definitely like to do cold showers too as well, you know, but but the sauna is just something that I've missed and haven't been able to get in since I left ATT. Um, I think that it's it's definitely 
it's definitely missing in everybody's arsenal mm-hmm. when it comes down to like longevity sure and and just mental clarity yeah that's a, the mental thing with the sauna too is like it's cool that you're gleaning this psychological awareness about your body through experiencing the the biochemical processes that are happening so you're kind of like oh that's what she was talking about with you know with like um greater insulin sensitivity yeah. you know because you do sauna for 20 minutes and then you go refeed oh my god it's like everything in your body is just is yeah is heightened to absorb all the food and everything all the nutrients so it's it's one of these things where you're, you're making all these connections with your body so you're understanding your body better but all in all if if none of those things were a factor just the fact for me when i was rehabbing myself and my life and put myself back together again the fact that I got the endorphins, the same feeling that I got, the same satisfaction I got of doing a workout. It, was, it wasn't exactly the same, but there was an element to going in there that just benefited psychologically so much that I felt like, I felt like if you could just, these are the breadcrumbs I need to keep me hungry for the bakery. Just, just give me a little bit more, a little bit more. And that was my lifeline, man. Nice. The sauna, the heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you talked a, a bit about like traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like is the most like beneficial for those individuals that are going through TBI at the moment? Mm. Is it, I know they've done some, some research on creatine. Uh, I know that co-therapy is obviously a good thing too as well. Um, in the flow too, we can talk a bit about that too as well. Sure. Um, essential oils. And uh, but what, what would you say would be like the main thing when somebody is going through, let's say they get a concussion. Mm. Right? What, what, what's the main thing we're looking at you know, afterwards to get them back to baseline? Well, I mean, you would definitely want to do blood work to see if there's kind of any endocrine side effects from that, any low T or low uh, growth hormone or, or, or any of those things that will kind of, you know, you'll experience effects as a consequence of that that, you know, will be described as lack of motivation, depression, um, all your reflex, you know, um, just will to work, all of these different things will be affected. Yeah. But I think... Um, Anything that has to do with an anti-inflammatory diet, you know, switch to keto, use CBD, a lot of fish oils, um, you know, turmeric, anything to get the, even, I would even say like a glucose disposal agent, mm-hmm. anything to kind of keep the inflammation down. Yeah. And of course, um, a lot of breath work, a lot of relaxation work. Um, and of course, like now with all the emerging research, you know, the, 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 uh, the legitimacy of using small doses of psychoactive substance, substances has really been proven to be effective. How do you feel about microdosing? I love it. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I've, I've done my research partly, and I know some colleagues of mine obviously have done it. Mm-hmm. But what do you feel like are the main benefits from that as, as opposed to, like, let's say, just like taking a whole dose of, of mushrooms? Mm. Well, I mean, I guess when you look at uh, the dose response curve of like a substance like psilocybin, um, I think that in a more uh, the smaller smaller doses kind of aids to visual acuity, reaction time, um, neurogenesis, um, cognitive enhancement, memory recollection, all of those things. There, there's a threshold. I want to say it's. A microdose technically would be like anything lower than uh, a half a, a gram. So like I guess like 0.5 or 0.25. Mm-hmm. 
So basically, if, you know, you guys at home, uh, you just want to take like a capsule. If you, excuse me, if you look at a normal gel capsule, you know, you kind of pull it apart and you take the stuff out. Mm-hmm. That would be like 0.25. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look, it's 250 milligrams of whatever it was and you just poured it out. So it's 250 milligrams of psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. So you use that, in, you know, with, with niacin or use that with... Uh, Lion's mane, you know, and you don't necessarily have to go full psychoactive. Yeah. You can just use lion's mane, which would be great for people with TBI or. Yeah, or, yeah. or well, you know me, man. I hate concussions. Yeah. More, more, almost more than that, probably. Wow, dude. Yeah. Playing football since I was like. Seven. That's crazy, yeah. man. I think my first concussion was this big headed dude. Right really? Now. Yeah, it might have been. Damn, you know, so, I, rock, I rock this big head, man. <laughs> 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 So I, I, you know, I did play football for a couple of seasons, and I was on special teams, and I would run the ball back, and I get my bell rung, yeah. and I remember just walking off the field and just going like, and the coach just going, "You'll be all right," you know, and bam, bopping me <laughs> on the head. I'm like, man, that hurts too, man. You know, yeah. it's like well, shake it off, you know, and smack you on the ass. You're like, fucking hey, man. Like, I don't even know where I'm at. Yeah, 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 and it would last for like 20 minutes, and yeah, we should have microdose then. Yeah, that's what you need. Give these kids mushrooms. And they'll be like, man, fuck this game, man. <laughs> you run the ball, coach. I'm calling the plays. Yeah, that, that was, and that was the start of Days and Confused. That's right. That's, that'd be a great movie, actually. The, kid, the kids, you know, like find the coach's mushrooms. Oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, man, we, we had a pizza. We put coach's mushrooms on it after practice. I'm definitely going to this. <laughs> yeah. right, so what... I want to ask you this because it, for you, for those of you who don't know this man, he is very shredded. Okay, we're about to do a video. I gotta take my shirt off. He's gonna take his nah. shirt off. Nah, look like like straight. I'm 46 now, man. Exactly, I'm, that's the problem. Uh, <laughs> you're 46, you're still looking tremendous. So what? Thanks, man. What's the secret? I hate to say that. Yeah. What is the secret, the secret? sauce? Because that's gonna that's gonna be good when we do like like uh, highlights. Yeah. What the secret is? Well, I mean, full disclosure. Um, in my life, have I done anabolics? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when I was diagnosed with a heart tumor, that pretty much cut all the anabolics out of my life. Really? But the beauty was, is I found a perfectly natural replacement. As long as I had uh, this comprehensive uh, you know, plan that was set up with all these different variables that would compensate. Yeah. You, know, you have to have the sauna, you have to. You know, I would use DHEA. Uh, which I still do. I use DIM, which is an estrogen metabolizer. Yeah, you do too. So there's a lot of nutrients that you, and make sure you train legs. You know, it's like one of those things where like, you know, the bros that in, of my day were like, you got to, you got to change. Let's skip leg day, bro. You know? <laughs> Never skip leg day. Never skip leg day. Here. No. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. Some hamstrings and quads. Hey, no, that's not all you got, bro. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, that, that phrase, you know, pays yeah. dividends. It's like, work your legs, man. You'll keep your testosterone high. You know, yeah. work those big muscle groups. Don't be afraid. Just go below parallel sometimes if you need to, yeah. you know? Um, but there's so much in terms of longevity now that's available if you just do your research. I mean, I can't even believe, man, you know, we got the greatest, uh, you know, research technology, research, you know, uh, tool at our disposal, in our hands constantly, Yeah. you know, and we're just scrolling through whatever. It's like, blah, blah, you know, it's like you could find, you can be a doctor or something in a year if you're really diligent. You really, you really could. It, the information out there now is so readily available. It's crazy. Yeah. It is. 
Google, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and well, and if Google doesn't work, duck, duck, go, because you know how Google kind of won't, <laughs> won't let you talk the truth sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Let them know, let them know. <laughs> yeah, but, but longevity is something that, you know, it's obviously I don't know all there is. It's a work in progress, but, you know, you know you got to train, you know you got to meditate at this point in my life. I need to make sure that I'm... I'm being still, I'm doing my breath work, I'm getting my vitamin D outside as much as I can. Even if it's cold outside, get out there, guys, and get your vitamin D. You need that. Set, set that circadian rhythm. Set your sleep cycles. Don't be up too late on the phone. That's going to interfere with everything. Got to have the discipline yeah. there. And make sure that you're, you know, I don't eat 100% clean all the time, but I eat, you know, 100% clean 80% of the time, yeah. you know? So, um, what's, a, what's a go-to... I don't like to say cheat meal. What's a refeed meal that you like to do? Oh, well, down here, a refeed meal is like a vodka frita with like some some yuca and oh, some plantains oh, and some rice and beans, like you. carb carbs, like simple carbs, <laughs> yeah. Latin carbs, all the all those like crazy Spanish name carbs that you like. That you're just like, man, these these carbs taste like they're dancing, like yeah. salsa. You know, it's <laughs> definitely been in Florida. Yeah, a first time I had yuca, man, down here. You know, yeah. it's like I'm a, I was a white boy from Virginia. What do you know about yuca? Yeah, right. You know, until my girlfriend, my Dominican girlfriend, made me some yuca. I was like, damn, this is the shit. This is the shit. You know, and and truth be told, yuca is a way more effective carb because it has pre-digested starches and and, and, in it. So you can gobble it down. It's a fast-acting carb, but it's very fibrous, too. No, I've always like you could like after a hard workout, I usually I'll get that with like some some chicken breast or something mm. like that, or like even you know we got Spanish restaurants all over the place over here, so we'll go ahead and get some uh, some chicken thighs and then we'll go ahead and get that fat. And That's right. Nice that. and I will eat the skin too. I don't get fucked. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's too good. Yeah. Well, you know that's another thing. It's like Spanish culture is big on eating the parts that like most people don't desire but yeah. those but those are the best parts yeah. you get the collagen yeah, you know sure. you get the bone you get the connective tissue you get the skin you get all that good stuff and you know it's like i think it's 60 percent of americans are collagen deficient so that's your yeah. uh, that's another premature aging factor yeah. is you're not getting those bone broth soups and those connective tissue cartilage soups that you're going to eat i was big on bone broth for a while mm. yeah. and, and I got you notice the difference well, yeah, I mean, my bone density is obviously pretty high just from just from years of just, like, pounding my joints and, you know, weight training, but also fighting and football mm-hmm. and all that. I think I had, like, a, like a 2.9 or 3.0 bone density, which is high. Which is Are high. you, have you done your genetic background? I have not, but I'm looking to do it because um, I did want to see, like, from an ancestry standpoint, mm-hmm. like, where I can set my, almost, I don't, I'm not too big of a, like a, a fan of like understanding like my genetic makeup based off of my diet right now hmm. but i don't know i mean i i'll try anything at the moment you know what sure I, mean? I, I do i am interested because i know that parts of my heritage trace back to viking culture sure in scandinavia but i also know that there's a large amount from frankia and that's why my last name is what it is it's obviously french mm-hmm. so i mean I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I, I did mine, and it was interesting. They they gave me a, I guess I'm four percent. I'm ninety seven percent more Neanderthal than everybody else <laughs> on the on the site. You know, wow. which is I think I forget. It's like thirty or forty million people on the site that yeah. use twenty three and Me, but it's a greater bone density. Um, definitely meat eater. You know. Um, but on my dad's side, it was really weird. He's like Arabic, so it was like, you know, grains and rice. But you're able to see something cool, though. It's, you're able to kind of parse out, like, say, for example, 
you go back into your paternal maternal gene lines and you can trace them back you know on a map where they go and you can look at the successive generations of which let's say your mother's ancestry lived in one place seven generations and then your father lived in you know one place a hundred thousand years ago you know your people your tribe whatever lived in this place so then you're kind of able to extract out the the dietary generalizations so you're able to kind of like choose like pick and choose like one thing i found that was interesting for me is that there's a lot of heavy meat eating on my mom's side yeah german irish and and you know western northwestern european and uh you know meat red meat in particular is rich in creatine mm -hmm. and creatine has been found to be a nootropic so n now that they're understanding like that that meat actually has a you know cognitive enhancement capabilities yeah, yeah. then it kind of lends the argument like if evolution was as pure as we know it it was mm -hmm. that nothing is wasted and everything is for survival then why would meat have brain enhancing a brain enhancing product if we we're meant to be vegans yeah, yeah so you know so there's certain people that you can go okay well you can take a look at your genes. They're not going to lie to you. If you if you're in from India, chances are you know bread and grains and vegetables is in dairy yogurts is your diet. Yeah. But the complexity of saying like, well, I'm just going to choose to be vegan because of the ethical argument. Yeah. But then you want to be involved in a sports, you know, where you want to try to optimize performance. Yeah, yeah, it's very hard. It's yeah. almost impossible. Mm-hmm. I had to do it, I had to go, I don't want to say vegan, but I had to do somewhat, I had to take a break from meat eating for a while to let my digestive system kind of take a break, hmm. you know, and I did it for, I want to say almost a month, you know, and almost got recalibrated, mm -hmm. you know, and then went right back, you know, and, and again, I, was, I knew it wasn't going to be forever, and, and I obviously got weaker, hmm. you know what I mean, but I did feel that I was, uh, I was assimilating more nutrients, and I just didn't feel as stuffed up as mm. usual. And so then I weaned myself back on. And now, and then I went the whole other route and was just like, oh, I'm just going to eat meat now. Mm -hmm. You know, but it was more so testing the waters. Mm. You know what I mean? I wanted to make sure that if, I, if, if I'm going to go ahead and, and talk about something or, you know, say it's right or wrong, I want to do it first. You know, so I'm always a, a, a guy that puts the plan in motion. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I decided to go like full carnivore after I went vegan. Sure. You know, but it was only for an experimental reasons. Bro, that actually makes more sense than any of it because, yeah. you know, we, we don't eat much or at least in terms of the vast amounts of, of time in the, in, in the fossil record and evolution. We, we went long periods of time with no food and we were able to survive because we ate all types of food. Like mm -hmm. we're omnivores. So that makes perfect sense. Like cycling carbs out, cycle carbs in, cycle meat out, cycle meat in, pure veg this week, no veg next week, just root vegetables, yep. you know? Um, and another thing that's really big too is, um, so eating at your longitude and latitude, you know? It doesn't make any sense if you're in New York and you're a banana eater. Mm -hmm. there's, there, there, there's been studies that show that if you're not eating the local food that grows in the area that you're at, mm -hmm. it interferes with the circadian rhythm and, and some, some of the, um, the hormonal initiations that happen properly when you're eating local, eating the right food, you know, mm -hmm. it's, 
there's some cool science coming out with that, but um, I can't remember off the top of my head the references. But it's, but it's interesting stuff. A lot of people just, you know, it's the first time ever you get a plate, you sit down at a restaurant, you know, you've got fish from, you know, Japan, you've got rice from South America, you know, your whole plate is like the, you know, the international, it's like the UN, yeah. you know, and you're kind of like, well, of course food allergies are going to come. You know, because you got low, you got different biome issues, you got bacteria and different food sources and sure. that are. I think that's why they came up with the international house of pancakes. <laughs> damn that place! You can't go wrong with those buckwheat pancakes, man. <laughs> those buckwheat pancakes is just like, damn, this is some. I'm gonna do a lot of work today. Yeah. So man. I need, I need the I biggest need stack that, of I pancakes. Mean, I had a pancake in here earlier. Dude, I, I love pancakes, man. I can't, I, I, it's just funny because I had I left it and I went to go test one couple of my athletes and then my assistant was gonna wanna throw it out and one of my athletes you never throw out a pancake. Damn it, Jake. Obviously, Jake Bosswood, ladies and gentlemen, you guys know who that guy is. Yeah, he's like never, mate. You never throw out a pancake. Yeah, he's from London. So yeah, yeah. Funnier, anyways. But let's talk a little bit because I've been using Flow Two for two three years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And all my athletes love it. Cool. Uh, Maureen is obviously, yeah. she loves it more yeah. than anybody. But um, have you ever tried this? No. Take a spark. Take a spark. In the Just hand. Rub it. rub it. Yep, rub it together. And nebulize it. Oh, yeah. yeah, don't put it on your face, though. Oh, it's over. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll it's get over. you the tingle. It's over. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, and when I called you, when I called you to, to talk about doing this, um, it was so cool. All I had to do was say, hey, man, uh, have you used the product? And he goes, you know what, man? Whenever I'm at the desk and I'm feeling like my energy, I need to focus. I just, yeah. And I was like, man, that's something that's so valuable to me because obviously, you know, in a competitive environment, it's, it's easy to think I'm going to lift with this. It's going to help me breathe or whatever. It's going to open up my airways. But that right there, the cognitive enhancement, energy, kind of clarity, yeah. you, you feel in your sinuses and that pressure when you're constantly looking at your phone and your eyes are stressed out. Computer, the laptop. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 There's all the edits. I think that this is something that like, when I'm like waking up in the morning mm -hmm. and it's sitting on the table, I'm like, give it to me. There you go. Because I know that it's just going to, and there's a lot of like brain fog because there's a lot of things going on in my brain. Let's face it, I got yep. a lot of shit going on. And when I can just, all this is, it just kind of clears everything out. So what's in it? Uh, so okay, so it's uh, organic essential oils. Mm -hmm. So you got camphor, menthol, mm -hmm. wintergreen, uh, rosemary, and jasmine, MCT oil, and it should have a little bit of active charcoal in there too. Yeah. Um, so what I like to say is, in terms of training, I just say, you know, sanitize, because right now we're, everyone's concerned. Somehow we've turned, uh, we've turned um, fear into a, a virtue. So everyone's afraid now, you know, but no one is, you know, doing something actively about it, which I feel proud that this is a sanitizer. It has all the essential oils that are antiviral. You know, they all have very strong antiviral properties. So you so can, it's a two in one. yeah, it's a two in one. So you, you so you sanitize, you nebulize. You can hype. Yeah. So you sanitize, you nebulize, and then you exercise. So it, it gives you this. It gives you this kind of <sighs> fresh is all I can say. It, it refreshes you, you know. 
And whenever, let's say, so if you look at the, at the statistics in terms of, uh, you know, respiratory, um, like, in terms of people that struggle with respiration, you know, yeah. in major cities, this, it's about 70 percent, you know, every year either suffer some type of congestion, sinus infection, upper respiratory infection, or you're just chronically obstructed in the nose. Um, never mind fighters with deviated septums, never mind all that stuff, but just your average everyday citizen. The particulate matter that's from brake dust, all the pollutants in the air, your nose is always going to be the front line where it's going to react to those allergens, you know? And, you know, people sticking their finger up and no, don't do that shit either, you know? <laughs> Especially after flow too, because it'll burn the shit out of you. Oh, so, <laughs> don't what do that. I, I did it one time, look, I went in my eyes. Oh, yes. And it was fucked. It was, was fire. Was yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna kill me, it's like, Dave, I don't really like it, brother, man. <laughs> don't ever bring that I, shit. I, I went too close, man. Yeah, and yeah. Like, and then I think I had it in my hands and I went like this and I'm yep, like, oh yep, shit. Yep. It, 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 it's like uh, getting sweat in your eyes. It'll yeah, make you cry for a little bit, you know? But good feeling it, it actually is and so you know people that want to just breathe better you know whether whatever protocol whatever system whether you're into the oxygen advantage or whether you're doing Wim Hof or whether you're just trying to you know just breathe effectively to mitigate fatigue or whatever you're into yoga and de-stress it's all unlocked all everything through breathing so uh, for me it was a natural progression you know I w actually I was in Tiger Muay Thai one year after my recovery from my incident. I was at Tiger Muay Thai and I was getting beat up. And of course, there's staph infection everywhere. Yeah. Um, and it dawned on me. I started feeling sick. And I'm like, I'm 10,000 miles away from my doctor. Yeah. So yeah. panic attack. Yeah, oh, the whole thing. Like, oh, I'm freaking out. So the next day, I went to this market in Bangkok. And this, uh, you know, I got this list of like ingredients, you know, and I'm, t I'm asking the old man. He's an old Thai man, you know. And I'm asking him all these expectorants and all these different things. You know, no, no, me no have beat one. Me no, 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 no. You out of luck. <laughs> and then he and then he goes, no, no, wait. I got something for you. He goes back in the back and he and he brings out this little thing. It's got like a little girl's face on it and a bunch of crazy tie riding and it looked like this, you know, viscous Hulk blood, green viscous Hulk blood. And he puts it in my hand. He goes, you rub like this. Take deep breath. You like. You gonna like. <laughs> so I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah. So 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 like I. I'm there. I was like, whoa. And dude, immediately yeah. cleared out. Started coughing. Like I coughed up a few oysters, and I was like, dude, this is amazing. And and I couldn't I couldn't through the dialogue understand what, what he was saying was in it or whatever. But the one ingredient I, was jasmine. Yeah. So I was like, okay. We so I found out what the rest was in that fucking thing. No, I got a lab to break it down, and they were like, "Well, we can't." Like, there's, <laughs> we, find it, old man. like there's some stuff. Yeah. Exactly. He was like, he was like, there's some stuff in there that would like we don't like. There's some essences that are like we don't even have the name for these plants. Like oh, wow. this stuff is like ancient Chinese secret shit. You know? Yeah, it was a trip. And then during when I bought a few bottles and I and I gave them extra money because that was the whole genesis of this whole idea of unobstructing airways in, in a sports, you know, uh, from from a physical performance standpoint of like giving people, you know, essential oils because we're all in this environment where like, you know, you're sharing germs and everybody's sharing germs. It's like and when you're you're dieting, you're cutting weight, you're depleted, you're doing eight hour workout, two days a day, trying to cut weight. I mean, the first thing that goes, your immune function. So the wrong person that you touch that day 
or sweats next to you that day. Yeah. It means the difference of you showing up 100%, you being sick or whatever it is. Yeah, no. So I was like, essential oils, that works. Open up your airways, it all works together perfectly. And when I tipped the guy extra money, he went like this and gave me the, you know, bunk, bunk, now. He's like, thank you, thank you. And I was like, dude, that is the perfect you know, like, homage to getting the origin, the idea from that moment in Thailand, you know? And knowing that fighters or any athlete, and you're all, we're all fighters in a sense, because we've all got adversity we have to face in our life. Yeah. Some of us just take it with our own hands, and some of us, you know, we're trying to work around it in our various different skill sets in different ways. But, you know, that, that thank you right there, it just, the way to express gratitude, the way to connect with your breath, the way to understand, like, it all comes to that moment where you have your life in your hands. Like, these two hands, like, you, you will make your life, you know, you will love your kids, you'll experience everything, you know, you unlock the key to your first business, you know, have your first knockout, make your first PR, it's all right here. It's, it's all the way to remember, like, you have the power, and it's all within that breath and your intent and your focus and your daily choices. And, and, and that right there was just like, man, this is my gig, man. From, from here, it's about just helping people to connect with that breath, whether they want to use it therapeutically for recovery or relaxation response or training, whatever you want to do. It just, you breathe better with it. Nice. So where can we get this? So today I'm going to offer a code nice. for your listeners. Awesome. It's going to be uh, Phil flow Phil flow yep okay so uh we'll, we can put it in the show notes or whatever I'll, yeah. Yeah. so p-h-i-l-f-l-o and you can use it at checkout it'll give you 20 percent off nice and uh i have another i have some bundles in there too so if people want to buy like three bottles you get one free plus the 20 percent. so we got some some deals in there yeah we'll put that in there so it's getflow2.com getflow2.com correct Getflow2.com. That's where you. Feel flow discount code. Correct. 20% Correct. Yeah. So you, you can, of course, man. Um, any fighter who obviously he uses this, or anybody who has a problem, you know, with breathing and just deals with that kind of frustration of not being able to feel open, yeah. open up. You get warmed up. It's like when I I know my body is lagging in terms of getting to the point where I'm effectively warmed up to where I feel like, oh, I'm gonna be proficient at what I'm doing physically now. Because yes. as you get older, that's just the way it goes. Gotcha. But at least I can warm up my lungs and open up you know, the fascia and get my rig page open and feel good and mobile. Yeah, most of the time, man, like we run, we run now, we're doing a lot of moxie testing, which is like a near infraspectroscopy. spectroscopy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this is the device here. Yes. And I saw you on the machine, I think, as a matter of fact. Did yeah, they have some footage of you? Ass, yeah. My knee was like bothering me. Yeah. Too, but like, yeah, we're putting a lot of guys on it. And what we're mainly seeing right now, especially the guys that like are more mixed modality sport, like obviously MMA, mm -hmm. um, they're having more respiratory issues than, than anything. Sure. As opposed to like a, a utilization or delivery issue where... You know, it's it's their ability to not take in oxygen and not let off as, as much CO2. Mm. So then they have like occlusion trends built up and then there's like a cascade of issues that go on along sure. with that. Um, but yeah, the one thing that I would say is if we can open up the pathways, if we can sit there, obviously from a biomechanics standpoint, sit there their thorax over their their pelvis correctly so that we can get 360 degrees of expansion, it's gonna be good. Mm. But um, yeah, the one thing also is that they're just always either they got the deviated septum, which is, is going to be an issue too as well, or 
they just don't know how to breathe properly. They just they're stuffed up or they're mouth breathers or something mm-hmm. like that. And if and I give this to a lot of the guys, I don't do a whole lot of like uh, breath holds anymore. It's because I got so good at it mm. that there's like diminishing returns after that. Right. You know? Um, but nasal breathing and, and this stuff has helped them out a lot when it comes down to just taking in the oxygen. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they can exhale more fit, more efficiently, which then allows us to do more work, mm. you know? Yeah. But, yeah it's good. Big boost in uh, nitric oxide production with uh, nasal yeah. breathing. So you yeah. get about 30% more nitric oxide. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, there's a whole host of benefits from nasal breathing. And I, mm-hmm. I know, um, Who's the who's the creator of the Oxygen Advantage? I forget that. Patrick McKeown. Patrick yeah. McKeown is yeah. goes very very deep into that. Yeah, I got certified in, in Oxygen awesome. Advantage. Yeah, awesome. Not too long ago, I, I'm, I'm a, I talk to Patrick every once in a while. But yeah, I mean, I've done the nasal breathing in general. If you mix this in, a huge boost of nitric oxide, and you can feel your body just kind of open, everything open up. Mm. And but the the main thing for me is more from a from a mental clarity standpoint mm-hmm. and because I'm like, again, I'm always working, always thinking. So when your brain gets fogged out with so many different things going in and out, you know, it's good to just kind of sit back, take a breath and just, yeah, this is perfect. Dude, it looks like you're getting high off, <laughs> high off the <laughs> flow, <laughs> man. <laughs> so you ready to hit this workout? Man, ready or not, here it comes. Let's do it, man. All right. All so, right. Again, where can they find you? Instagram, got anything else? YouTube, get, yeah, YouTube. We got yeah, I know, man. I know. I, I'm too. I've, you know, I've done a lot of work for Blue Star on their YouTube, and yeah, I, now yeah. I need to. And now I need shout out to Blue Star yeah, and the Nutraceuticals. Sure. So uh, yeah, I need to get my own jet. My, my, you know, it's not going to be training, but it's going to be more of. Uh, it's going to be that head strong. You know, get your mind right. I like you. You know, I got. I got to take what I've learned in my life and get to the grit. You know, it's there's there's too many. Um, talk your way out of what you can achieve today, guys out there. And I think like when you put your you know foot on the ground and you want to go somewhere quick, you need to have that voice inside your head. And sometimes it's not yours. You need yeah. somebody else in your head just going, look, man, sure. you know, you got everything going for you, two able hands, and you got people that love you, that give you support. There's no reason why you can't be doing it. Do it, you know. So it's Get More and uh, you can find me in any social. It's just Get More and Facebook, Bachelorette, Get More and Twitter, Get More and Instagram, Get More. And, and then, of course, my product you can find. Also, I have a training app. It's called Ultra Human. So you can download Ultra Human at the App Store. It's available in the App Store. It's just a basic at-home calisthenics, you know, uh, nothing too crazy. Just it was for the pandemic you know get at least you know you have some quarantine space to do some calisthenics it's a nice routine so check that out too all right all right let's get after it thanks again for watching see you guys next time see ya